Little Leaders, Visionary Women Around the World by Vashti Harrison. Sister Rosetta Tharp, 1915-1973, musician from the United States of America. It's hard to say if there was a time in Rosetta's life when she wasn't making music. By the age of six, she was already performing in front of a crowd. Her mother was a gospel singer and a preacher and together they led praise services all around the country. Rosetta was hailed as a singing and guitar-playing miracle. This was hardly an overstatement. It was rare to see a black girl playing the guitar, then considered a man's instrument. And Rosetta was good. Really good. When she was older, Rosetta went solo taking gospel music to places it had never been heard before. In 1938, she moved to New York City and signed a landmark deal with Decca Records. She was the first gospel artist at a label famous for jazz and blues musicians, such as Louis Armstrong and Billie Holiday. Rosetta bridged the worlds of religious and secular music performing at nightclubs with some of the most famous musicians around. She wowed audiences with her guitar skills, innovative techniques and energetic songs. While there is no official first rock and roll song, Rosetta's 1938 hit Rock Me was one of the earliest songs described with the term. Her unique prominence in the mainstream and her pioneering use of the newly electrified guitar helped shape the rock and roll genre. Rosetta's time in the spotlight didn't last long. She was overlooked in the history of music until 2018, when she was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. With her groundbreaking career, She paved the way for artists such as Elvis Presley, Little Richard and Johnny Cash. In a genre of music usually associated with men, Rosetta was a trailblazer and will forever be celebrated as the godmother of rock and roll. Asima Chatterjee, 1917-2006 Organic Chemist from India When Asima was young, her father, a medical doctor, shared with her the fascinating medicinal properties of plants. 
Encouraged to pursue an education, she studied chemistry at college. Soon after graduating with honours at the University of Calcutta, she began teaching at the nearby Lady Braybourne College. There was no chemistry department at the time, so Asima founded one and became the head of it. In 1944, she completed another degree, becoming the first woman to earn a doctorate in science from an Indian university. India has a long history of using plants for medicinal purposes. As technology advanced, scientists were able to extract chemical compounds from the plants and understand what made them work. Asima was at the forefront of this research. There were no fancy machines to help her out. Her work required extreme precision and involved lots of trial and error, but even though it was slow going, she persisted. In her research, Asima focused exclusively on plants indigenous to India. Among many of her successes was an anti-epilepsy drug developed from the dwarf water clover, Marsilia minutia, a tiny plant that is often used at the bottom of fish tanks. Who knew something so simple could be so powerful? Asima's research also helped develop an anti-malarial drug from local trees and flowers. Her lifelong passion was researching alkaloids, such as the Vinca alkaloids found in the Madagascar periwinkle, a plant with bright pink flowers. They were found to slow down the multiplication of cancer cells and are now used in chemotherapy treatments. For her work, Asima received many awards. In 1975, she became the first woman appointed General President of the Indian Science Congress. Asima's discoveries prove that life-changing things can come from just about anywhere, including a flower. Her work has been wildly influential in her field, and her role as a teacher has inspired countless young people to pursue chemistry. Maya Deren, 1917-1961 Filmmaker from Ukraine and USA Maya was always searching for a way to express herself. At college, she studied journalism and literature, and in her free time, she wrote poetry and stories. When she was hired as the personal assistant to dancer and choreographer Catherine Dunham, Maya became intrigued by dance as expression. She travelled with Dunham's dance troupe, and in Los Angeles, she met her future husband who introduced her to avant-garde cinema. Maya realised cinema could bring together all the things she was interested in. Striking imagery, story, choreography and rhythm. It was the medium she had been waiting for, so she used it to create a visual version of the poetry she was writing. In 1943, 
she collaborated with her husband to make the landmark experimental short film Meshes of the Afternoon. Editing became her most powerful tool. It was a way to mix together images to convey emotion, just like the words in her poems. She could use editing to manipulate time and space and create choreography that could not exist in a photograph or dance performance or a poem. Maya edited her short film at land like a visual jigsaw puzzle, cutting from scene to scene to show her protagonist, Maya herself, performing an apparently seamless action. In one shot, she's climbing a tree, in the next, climbing onto a dinner table. In 1946, she became the first filmmaker to be awarded an, an esteemed Guggenheim Fellowship. Though she completed only a handful of short films, they were all groundbreaking in the way they conveyed meaning through cinematic techniques. Maya made films that were artistic and poetic and deeply personal. She helped create a space in the art world for artists who work with cinema and laid the groundwork for the genre of experimental film that has inspired countless creators around the world. Amalia Hernandez 1917-2000 Dancer, Choreographer from Mexico From an early age, Amalia loved to dance. Her parents were so supportive. They even built her a studio in their home so she could practice. She was dedicated and disciplined, studying traditional formal ballet. At college, she trained in modern dance with European instructors and later worked as a choreographer. Something was missing, though. Amalia was growing tired of European styles of dance. She was inspired by childhood memories of men and women dancing in the streets in small neighbourhoods and villages in Mexico. These danzas are usually used for ceremonial purposes and they are full of rhythm and energy. Amalia had an idea to combine the uniquely Mexican vibe of the dancers with ballet and modern dance to celebrate her culture. She started in 1952 with a small group of eight dancers performing with elaborate costumes, dramatic lighting and creative set designs. Audiences all around Mexico loved it. In 1954, the group began to appear on TV, every week for 60 weeks. Amalia worked hard to create a brand new performance every week. By 1959, the group, now called Ballet Folklorico de México, had grown to more than 50 dancers and was so popular it represented Mexico and performed at the Pan American Games in Chicago. 
Over the years, Amalia choreographed more than 40 ballets, which were performed all over the world. She did extensive research for the performances and took special care to capture the unique footwork and skirt movements of the dancers. She incorporated traditions from more than 60 regions across Mexico. Some critics accused Amalia of appropriating the traditional danzas for show business, but she was interested in the interpretation of the danzas to celebrate and preserve her culture. Not only did she ignite passion for her Mexican heritage among her people, but she became a cultural ambassador, showcasing Mexico's history around the world. Violeta Parra, 1917-1967, musician, ethnomusicologist, from Chile. Violetta's musical career began at the age of nine. Her father, a music teacher, taught his large family how to sing and play guitar. Together they toured Chile, performing popular songs. However, Violetta became interested in the country's traditional folk songs, which were in danger of being forgotten. In 1952, she embarked on a life-changing journey to rural villages, meeting with as many elders as she could find and documenting as many folk songs as she could hear. These songs had never been recorded or written down and Violetta logged more than 3,000 of them. She was preserving history and making history at the same time. Violetta's own music changed in response. She became a pioneer of Nueva Canción, or New Song. This movement used the form of traditional folk song but blended it with contemporary perspectives. In particular, Violetta sang about human rights and the gap between the wealthy and the poor. Violetta gained recognition throughout Chile and beyond. By 1954, she was performing across Europe, and eventually her recordings sold around the world. Her original songs were a hit too. Her renowned single Gracias a la Vida, Thanks to Life, is still one of the most performed and recorded Latin American songs in the world. Violetta was also a talented painter, embroiderer, and ceramicist. She even exhibited her large embroidered tapestries at the Louvre Museum in Paris, becoming the first Latin American artist to have a solo exhibition there. No matter what she was creating, Violetta's singular goal was to preserve Chilean culture. Today, as Violetta's songs are still being sung and recorded by a new generation of artists, she is celebrated as the mother of Latin American folk music.
Little Leaders, Visionary Women Around the World by Vashti Harrison.